you've launched your business, you've got some customers, you've got out there into the world, and now you're thinking, how do I spread the message? Could I get in the newspapers? Could I get in the TV? Could I get on the radio? How do I let the world know about my new business? Alan's been telling me that I have to blow my own trumpet. No one else is going to blow it for me. So how do I do that? How do I get out into the world of public relations? The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And in this episode, I have with me John Card. Mr. John Card, how are you today? I'm good, mate. How are you? Excellent. And John runs Full Story Media. He is the media or PR company that Rebel Business School used. So he's helped us get into all sorts of newspapers and magazines. You've even managed to get my mug in some of the media publications, the national ones around the UK, which is quite impressive, John. You've written for The Guardian, The Times, The Telegraph. You're the author of How to Make Your Company Famous. Like You've been doing this stuff for a long, long time. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alan. It's good to be here, mate. Yeah. Well, I've been working sort of in media land for about 20 years, thereabouts. Most of that wow. time as a journalist. But over the last few years, yeah, I've been helping people like yourself and other entrepreneurs get their stories out there, which is which has been a lot of fun. It's been really good. And uh, it's sort of been reverse engineering a lot of my journalism knowledge and sort of helping people who aren't from a media background to try and understand how the media works which is a challenge, but a challenge which I really enjoy. Um, I enjoy sort of, uh, I started off by doing a lot of media training workshops with people. It's always great to see that kind of moment when people get it, they understand things. That's, that's really good stuff. Why did you change? Why did you go from a journalist to being self-employed, finding customers and joining the world of rebel entrepreneurs? Like what made you make the change? Yeah, so I'd been a journalist. Well, I worked as a journalist for about six or seven years, and then the credit crunch came along, and that helped me into self-employment. And in a way, I think that was probably a, a good thing because I'd never been a very good employee. I was a bit of a restless <laughs> spirit, you know. I was, uh, I was sort of the guy in the office who could only sit still for a couple of hours, and then I'd be up walking about, and you know, I'd. I'll be itching to do things, changing things, complaining about things, you know, or talking too loudly on the phone. I was a bit of a pain in the office. So I remember a lot of my colleagues I worked with, I said to them, I was, I was thinking of being a, a freelance journalist. And I remember them all nodding in agreement, thinking that was a really good idea. And I got the sense that that was because they thought I'd be a lot, they like me as a journalist, not necessarily as a... As a co-worker. As a co-worker, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not really a nine to five kind of guy. And so I was freelance and, you know, writing for whoever paid me, really. And when you're a freelance journalist, I mean, like, this is back in 2009, 2010 and onwards. Even then, you know, you end up doing other things too. You know, I mean, I did all sorts of different types of journalism. There was live blogging, there was radio there's newspapers that were reporting jobs. And also there was the, you know, selling features or the corporate copy or advertising copy or whatever, you know, anything that you could turn your hand to. But because, I mean, the people that I've always written about, the people that I've done the most work with are people who run their own businesses. You know, that's the beat that I've always covered, the entrepreneurial beat and writing articles for small business owners as what. I've mostly done and which something which I really enjoy and talking to entrepreneurs is something which I really I've always really enjoyed and so you know what entrepreneurs are like they want to know how things work they want to get chatting to you they want to ask you questions and and so you know I, I'd sometimes kind of do media advice sessions in exchange for food and beer and uh you know <laughs> and stuff like that um and then what happened was I was working at home one day and Karin, my wife, came in and she said to me, Andy wants me to get some press for his business. Andy was her boss at the time. And so what do you suggest? 
And that was quite an interesting question for me. And it's an interesting question for journalists because journalists like to do nothing more than sit around and talk about how much they hate PR companies, how rubbish they are at their job and how much better they, they could do it. So this was kind of like, okay, Andy wants some press. What do you suggest? So we put together like a checklist of things and Karin started going out and doing them. And lo and behold, these things actually worked. You know, this was quite, it was like, wow, this is really good. You know, I've just been being the armchair general enough times. And now we're doing these, these things right. And, and so she's going out there and getting press for Andy. And so that was interesting, but I didn't quite know what to do at that time. It's like, you know, do I want to set up a business with my wife? I'm not sure. Do I want to be a PR guy? Not really. I didn't think it would fancy it. So I didn't do anything for a while. But then funny enough, I got invited out on a press trip. This is one of the great perks of being a journalist. You get invited to go out places. And I got invited to go out and join some entrepreneurs on a mission to San Francisco. So there's about wow. 20 entrepreneurs. And we went out to San Francisco and went all around Silicon Valley. I'd known the organizers quite well. And they said to me, how about we do like a pitch training session? Get every single entrepreneur to come here and pitch to you and you can give them feedback. And, you know, use your journalism skills, just do live interviews in front of the audience. And I said, that sounds like great fun. So let's do it. So we're in this bar, which we'd sort of taken over and the entrepreneurs are coming up and they're pitching to me and they're telling me their stories. And I'm just repeating back to them kind of in more layman's terms, what their business did, because their businesses were quite technical, they're quite techy and geeky. And I was helping them to tell their stories. And there's a couple of things fell into place for me. The one hand was, I'm actually really enjoying this. I'm loving working with entrepreneurs and I'm really good at helping people find their stories. And the other thing which really fell into place for me was here are these entrepreneurs and they're making, some of them are running quite significant companies or they're trying to raise big money. And here I am sort of working as a journalist for 300 pounds per article. And there's kind of a mismatch here. You know, these people, are, I'm in demand. They're listening to me. They're hanging on my every word. You know, I've got to do something with this. So I set up my own media training events business with Karin. We set up our first event called How to Make Your Company Famous. We sold tickets. Very simple. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a little bit, we just wanted something which was going to get attention because we were putting it on Eventbrite. We just wanted to sell tickets. Our plan was to sell tickets for £220 per head and get a load of people in there, make thousands of pounds doing media training. It didn't quite work out like that. We did sell a few, but we didn't quite work out like that. <laughs> and we, we, we had ended up having to get massive discounts and whatever. But anyway, we, we did our first ever session, you know, a few months later. And that just got the ball rolling then. And then we were kind of running our own business, kind of half me doing journalism, half doing media training. And we sort of ambled on for for longer. And then it got to the point where we'd done loads of media training sessions, not normally for £220 a head, but 70 quid a head is about the, about the going rate, it seemed. And people just started saying to us, well, you know, can't you kind of do it for us? You know, thanks for the DIY workshop. Really enjoyed it. Really great. But oh, it's quite hard work, isn't it? Do you think you could do it for us? And so what we'd realized we'd done is actually we'd created like a pipeline and we didn't really have a product to sell at the end of it which was kind of genius. And so then we, we moved into creating sort of the, the hands-on programs that we, we do with Rebel now, which is like the chief storyteller program where we, we train people up, but we also get very hands-on and we do content creation and PR and stuff. And so it's, you know, it's been a journey really, you know, a number of realizations, number of moments where I sort of spotted there was an opportunity and then just got into it and it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. This PR thing, this getting yourself in the paper and the news, we've done a lot of it in different ways with mixed results. If you were speaking to a small business owner, because sometimes you get in the press and you're like, oh, I'm in the Guardian or the Telegraph and I'm here. And then the article goes out and you know your parents-in-law take a picture and everyone's excited and then nothing happens. Yeah. And sometimes you get out there and people sign up to your courses and visit your websites. And it's kind of one of those things that you never quite know. Is it going to do anything? Is it not? It looks good. It gives me credibility. I can now say, oh, yes, I'm 
Rebel Business School. I've been in the Times, the Guardian. It's incredible for building credibility. And then we put all the logos on our website, which does help. But like, does PR really help a small business? I think it does, but it's not necessarily the most urgent thing, if I'm absolutely honest. So I've got to be bearing in mind that some of your listeners here, you know, they're probably thinking about getting paid this month. They're thinking about getting money into their business. And when I speak to entrepreneurs and sometimes they want to talk to me about getting press and publicity, I want to know where they are in their business development if they're worried about, you know, getting enough money in to pay their salary this month, it's almost certainly too early. I'm not saying don't do it because, you know, frankly, if you get the opportunity to get an interview, it's a good thing to do. Take but it, it might, yeah. It, yeah, you know, take any opportunities. And I actually think it, it's always good to prepare for it. But if you're a small business and you're really looking to get sales in today, I probably wouldn't be recommending that you start spending thousands of pounds or thousands of dollars per month on a PR agency. To me, that would be, that would probably not be the right move in many, many circumstances. If you're an established business, you've got regular revenue, maybe you've got even a few staff members, then you might very well be in a slightly different place and might be thinking about a more of a broader PR stroke marketing push. So it, it kind of depends where you are. But I mean, there's a lot of businesses out there which never really do any press or publicity and they don't have to. That's absolutely true. You know, many sort of sole trader businesses, micro businesses, they have a, you know, a local client base. Do they need to be in the papers? They probably don't, quite honestly. But for some businesses, as you say, those that need to get a bit more credibility, need to get more visibility, probably businesses that are going after much bigger sums from customers in terms of the amount of money they're bringing in, well, that's a different kind of business. So it really depends on where your business is and what kind of business you're in. So you mentioned spending thousands of pounds on PR. Yeah. You probably know the Rebel Method is all about how can I do this, get going myself without spending any money whatsoever. Is there a way for someone to get their business in a publication, whether it's local, whether it's one of the other ones? Like, do I have to spend money on PR or can I do it myself? Can I find opportunities? The answer is you can do it yourself and you don't have to spend a lot of money or potentially even any money. So you can put together the things that you need to do for pretty much for free and you can find opportunities for no money at all so yeah you can actually do it yourself and in many ways actually i recommend that even if businesses have got some cash that they learn to be able to do it themselves in the first place anyway Uh, you know one thing i always say to any business owner is you cannot hire a head of pr the head of pr is you you're the chief storyteller for your business so whatever business you're in as the founder of the company, you're the person who is going to be doing the interviews. You're the person that the journalists want to talk to. You're the one who's got to be, you know, going out there and getting your story out to the people that need to hear it. So, you know, any PR effort starts with you. But I suppose, you know, the way I always think about it as well is that it's not PR as if PR is like a completely separate thing. We're talking about your business story here you know and everybody wants to know your story your customers need to know your story your team need to know your story suppliers do it's like what the journalists want to know is who is this person what do they do why do they do it and how are they trying to change things or how are they what what difference are they trying to make and you know you need to be able to tell that story to people wherever you are if you whether you're out networking or whether you're just chatting to a customer or suppliers or whoever it is so learning to be a business storyteller it's good for your business it's not just about press and publicity so i think you said something very interesting there that i only learned after quite some number of years in business i was running these workshops teaching people how to start businesses and i gradually started to tell them why i was doing it And probably everyone who's listening to the podcast has heard my story about my dad 
going hugely into debt, three and a half million pounds, five million dollars, and he gambled the family home and et cetera, et cetera. And that inspired me to go, I don't want anyone to start a business in debt. I want people to start businesses from profit. And here's how we're going to do it differently. And that was my story. And I, I started telling it in workshops and the people that were there started to connect more with me because they understood my motivation and why I was doing it. And I started to tell it to, well, the first person I ever hired was Henry. He joined the team and I started to tell him. And then Simon came back and he started to get it. And the people, then I'm telling the whole team this story. And actually, the more I told the story, the more people understand why I was a driven maniac driving around the world trying to tell people, like, don't get debt. The more people understood why, the more passionate people were about what I did, the more they shared it online, the more they connected with me. And there was far broader implications than just getting in the press. And that really did change things for me and helped me understand, actually, the most important piece in telling people about your business is why are you doing this? Like, what's the reason? Yeah, I totally agree. And um, it helps people to just understand where you're coming from. And it helps them to trust you. Because, you know, when when you meet a complete stranger, and they're trying to persuade you to go a certain route. You don't know who they are. You've just met them. And you're thinking to yourself, can I trust this guy? Do I believe this person? Is this person right? You know, where are they going to lead me? Am I suddenly going to suddenly find myself being kind of cornered and needing to like get my credit card out and spend loads of money with them or in some sort of dark place? You know, all sorts of paranoia is going around their heads in people because it's like, who is this guy? And it's like, well, hang on, I'll tell you a story about why I'm here. It's like, oh, right. And then you see they hear your story. They hear this story about Alan and how, you know, he, he had a terrible experience with debt and how he really struggled to uh, get his early businesses starting and how he wanted to prove to everyone from his own poor experiences how it's possible to start a business without debt and without writing a lengthy business plan and, and all these other things. And then people are like, right, I get it. So once upon a time, you were kind of like a person like me. You were struggling like me. And now it's like, right, now I can relate to you. I can understand where you were because I I can feel like that. And then you can tell me about your story and what you discovered. And I can learn from that too. And so they, they understand who you are then. They know why you're doing it. They know what you're doing it. And then they know how you're trying to make a difference to the world. So it, it completely calms people down. And the same for a journalist. You know, if you're talking to a journalist, they're like, okay, so who is this guy? And why is he going around offering these free business events? You know, what's the play here? You know, what comes at the end of it? All that sort of stuff. But it's like, okay, you, but you tell them a story and you can tell a story, you know, in a minute or two. Then they just settle right down. They go, right, now I know who this person is. Now I know what they do. Now we can just start talking about the subject. And so it, it just, I mean, you know, with any interview I've done, the, the worst interviews, the very worst interviews are always where I don't know what this person actually does and I don't really understand where they're coming from. And then because you, you never quite get comfortable with the person. But if you can tell them a story to begin with that explains those things, then, then that's such a great place to be. Which I think comes to two pieces. One is a little bit of vulnerability because that was what stopped me from sharing it to start with is it's quite a personal story with a huge amount of pain tied to it. So I was a little bit more nervous actually telling anyone about it. And I think the second element I wanted to ask about, John, was like not everyone has a story like mine where there's a huge amount of debt and there's losing a house and there's all this pain. Sometimes they're starting a business because they want to provide a better life for their family or they're starting a photography business because they want to like have fun and go into that industry or they're starting a food business because that's their passion and they just love food. Like, Does the story have to be as grandiose as my debt story? Does the story have to be related to the business even? Can it be about your family, your personal situation? Like, How does this go? Because... I know my story, I've got very good at telling it, 
And people will be going, well, that's great for you, Alan. You've got some kind of debt story, which in the speaking world, here's what happens. If you're a public speaker, everyone wishes they had a story about losing an arm on a mountain uh, <laughs> because then you've got a really store, good story. But, you know, let's be honest, I don't really want to actually lose an arm to get the story to be able to hire as a speaker. So speaking to everyone out there who's not lost an arm, who hasn't lost their house with debt, how do they find their story? You know, how is it relevant? I think it doesn't have to be a, a sort of traumatic story. Really, <laughs> but it you helps. Know, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully. It kind of helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so the worse your life is, the better the story. But um, no, it is, uh, it's like, oh, really? Which what, what I... everyone out there, if you have been through tough stuff, this is one of the only episodes where we get to say all that tough stuff you've been through is a real benefit to you. Uh, if you've been through hell, this is your time to make that hell pay for you. Yeah. Once you get out of hospital and so on, you come and tell us a great story. But no, it's, I mean, look, people have all sorts of stories. And it comes down to, you know, the, there was probably at some point in your life, whatever business you're in, something which made you want to go and do something. And it doesn't have to be traumatic, thankfully. It doesn't have to be even that, you might not even think that remarkable. But there's probably a point in your life, it could have been that, you know, your dad came home one day and he brought with him an Apple Mac computer and he gave it to you and you started fiddling around with it and you realized that actually you really were into design and you love picture books and stuff like that. And so now today, you know, this has got you on the, on the journey to becoming a great designer. Or it could be that, you know, you, somebody just gave you a camera when you were 12 years old and you started taking pictures and you realized that you wanted to be a photographer. Whatever it might be, there's probably at some point in your life, some kind of a turning point. What happened for me was that I'd come out of university and I was at a bit of a a loose end and I was struggling to find a, a job which I actually enjoyed and I'd done various sales jobs which were hopeless I was hopeless at but I I got an opportunity <laughs> to uh I can't sell anything unless I believe in it I really can't and so I got this opportunity to do a writing some writing for this magazine that I've been selling advertising on and so I'd wrote an article and for the first time ever I saw my words in print I saw my byline and everything there and I just thought wow, if only I could get paid for doing this, my life would be so much better. And so I just threw everything into becoming a writer and a journalist and, you know, got more articles published and uh, went and did a college course. And then, you know, that was my, that was my sort of eureka moment. That was my call to adventure. And that just got me going. And, you know, that's the story really, which I told to various editors when I was trying to get my first job. And it always had a big impact you know, because people, I'd be sitting there and they sort of say, oh, so why do you want to be a journalist? And I was like, and I'd just tell them this. I'd say, I came out of uni, I didn't really know what to do. And I got this chance to do some writing and I just absolutely loved it. I just thought, wow, this is for me. And people just got my passion then. People just got that, oh, this was what I really wanted to do. And so it's not, you know, you don't have to have a terrible life or a terribly traumatic experience. You just have a story which conveys some passion and desire. And that will sell it to people. If people think, okay, you really want to do this now. You know, it, it, you could be a gardener, a plumber. You could be anything you like, you know, just you might just sort of say, oh, well, I was hopeless at school. I was never paying attention. I went out one day, uh, you know, with a, a local plumber or a local builder. And I just thought, oh, this is great. I'm loving this. And I, that's it for me. And then I just found my passion. I found my calling in life. And that's what I've always done. And people are like, oh, right, great. That's who you are. Lovely. You know, if you can have someone around the house to do a load of work, do you want someone that's really passionate about that work? Or do you want someone who says, you know, it's just a job, isn't it? And all that sort of stuff. Or, you know, I just want to make some money. People don't want that. They want somebody who actually, they, they want to feel good about hiring you. And if they feel good about hiring you because they know that you're passionate about it, then I think that you're so much more likely to get the business. So actually what we're talking about here is something far broader than just getting in the press. It's actually how do you tell the story of your company to whoever you meet, to the customers, to your staff, to your team, to the people you work with, to potential partners, to your family. 
do your family know why you're going out there? And it's telling the broader story of your business. Like before we continue along that line, John, just so we actually make sure we deliver on the title of the podcast, can you break down step by step? Like what are the simple steps that I would take if I was a small business owner and I wanted to get myself PR? What are the step by steps? And then we can unpack them as we go and we can come back to this thread of the storytelling because I think it's actually very, very, very important. But just I want to make sure we deliver on the step by step here. What do we actually do? Okay, so one of the things that I always like to do with people first is to create what I call a mini bio. This is just a very simple couple of sentences that describe who you are, what your business does and adds to the credibility of what your business is all about. So for me, it's kind of John Card, co-founder of Full Story Media and author of How to Make Your Company Famous. And I've worked as a journalist for The Guardian, The Times and The Telegraph. Okay, so in my mini bio, I've just told you my name, my full name. That's always important. I've put down my company name and the fact that I'm the founder of the company. If you're the CEO of your business or you're the managing director of your business or whatever, that's great too. Journalists want to talk to the boss, right? So if you're in charge (laughs) of your company, that's who we want to talk to, you know. I mean, one of the things when, uh, remember when James came to my media training class and he told me all about Rebel Business School and I thought, well, that sounds great. I'd love to include you in. You'd you'd be just the sort of company that I'd be putting in if I was a business journalist, you know. And so I said, well, and he said, yeah, we spoke to the BBC, we spoke to these guys. And I was a bit puzzled. I thought, what's going wrong? You know, what the hell's going wrong? And then I went, are you doing the interviews, James? He went, yeah, I am. I said, but you're the salesman guy. And he was like, that's right. I said, right, you need to get Alan on the case. He's the founder of the business. (laughs) He needs to get back on and start doing his job. You can't outsource your PR, you know, get your Alan, get on the phone to the BBC right now, you know, talk to them, right? But journalists want to talk to the boss. I want to talk to the founder. So I create a nice little mini bio, Alan Donegan, founder of the Rebel Business School. Great. I'm talking to the boss. What do you guys do? So your mini bio is, you know, you teach people from all walks of life how to start a business. Now, if you're a photography business, you're a plumber, builder, that bit's easy. You know, you're Jenny Mills of photography business, Mills Snaps or whatever it's called. Great. Now I know who you are and basically what you do. Really good. If possible, though, it's good to get a little bit more credibility in there because I've probably never heard of your small business, but maybe I've heard of your clients. Now, I have my mini, my mini bio. I, I love it because in the UK, you know, the Guardian, the Times and the Telegraph are three really well-known newspapers. So if you're booking me in to do a media training session and I've worked for these three big companies, then that says to people, John knows his stuff. And similarly with, you know, Rebel Business School, you, we, we say, you know, your events have been sponsored by Google, um, Westminster Council and so on. And so if you can get, if you've got some big clients then that's great. So I think um, you've had on the podcast that lady that takes pictures of, uh, is it like alcohol? Christina. Yes. Christina on the coaching series. Yeah. Yeah. So Christina, you know, she's like Christina, uh, I've forgotten her surname, but then she's of this photography business. And if her clients are three big drinks brands that you've heard of, it's like, oh, wow, she does the photography for Smirnoff, for instance, if that's who she worked for. Then you'd be like, oh, wow, you know, you've done work for that big company you must be good so that says something about who you are if let's say you're you're, you've got an app or some software and it's been downloaded a hundred thousand times that's amazing if you've won an award put that in there just give me a sense of or even if you know what you've been in the building trade for 20 years great find something that shows your credibility and get that in your bio So everybody should have uh, these killer sentences, these mini bios, and you put that onto a document and you put it in your folder, which is marked media folder. And I actually think I've got an idea for everyone on this. This is about building credibility. And I think one of the things I did very early on, John, was I didn't have any of these clients when I started. 
but I did organise to go and do some free talks. So I went to a university and did a free talk and I was able to say, I'm Alan Donegan, I've spoken at Reading University, I've spoken at this place. Even if you do it for free, it doesn't matter. It's incredible what you can do to build credibility. So if you're listening to this going, this is great, John and Alan, but I don't have any of that. There is a simple way to build it. Find out who the biggest company in your town is and ask them if you can do a free talk for their staff. I don't really care what the subject is. Go teach them something. Go have fun. Do it for the university in your town. And you can say, I am X. I have spoken at X university or X company. And that's a way to build incredible leverage without costing you anything. Yeah, I I really agree. I mean, especially when you're a small business, finding some ways to get some credibility is superb. I mean, uh, similarly, you know, when I when I started off, my mini bio was like, yeah, I'm the former editor of Growing Business Magazine. That's where I was in 2010. And then I got The Guardian, so I added that to the list. And then I got The Telegraph. And for years, I was desperate to get The Times so I could have three big names. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I got The Times. I've only done a few articles for The Times, but I was so pleased to get them in there. And similarly, you know, speaking, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've spoken at University College London once. Is it in my bio? You're damn right it's in my bio. You know, it's <laughs> nice big university like that. Superb, you know, absolutely put you in there. So, yeah, you, you've got to sort of grab the bits of credibility. I mean, as long as you're not lying and, you know, um, people understand that you're selling, it shows a bit of ambition as well. So, so yeah, having this a nice bio of credibility, then you've got something to send out there. So, Whenever you know you get the opportunity to do a speaking gig or to do an interview or whatever, you've got some pre-written content to send out to the media so they can then have got a way of introducing you. And it makes their life easier as well because now they can tell their colleagues about you. Again, it's kind of it's not exactly a story, but it's an introduction which you're putting out there. So you've got a great intro now. What else do you need? Well, you need some pictures. Human beings are visual creatures and you know if i'm going to put you in my event or in my newspaper i want a nice colorful high resolution picture of you preferably which shows you doing the work that you do or that illustrates the work that you do so if you're a chef i want a picture of you you know wearing your your apron or your chef whites if you're a photographer i want a picture of you holding your camera if you're a bricklayer, I want a picture of you, you know, leaning over a wall or something like that. Or if you're Alan Donegan teaching entrepreneurs, I want a nice picture of you standing in front of a room of 100 people talking to people about this. And, and similarly, you know, one of the first things that me and Karen did when we set up our media business, is we went out and got a photo shoot done. And there's lots of pictures of us like reading newspapers and stuff like that. It just illustrates what it is that you actually do. And if you've got a nice, colourful, pretty, high-res picture and got a nice introduction, then we're getting a lot closer now to actually having the component parts you need to give to the media to, to write an article about you. So these are the sort of the key building blocks uh, that we want to send out to the press. Imagine you've got an email a journalist. You want to send them a nice introduction which says, "Here, this is my name, this is my company name, this is what we do. Here's a picture of me. And then probably what they're going to want for their article is some quotes, some actual words that you've said or could say, which they can then put directly into their copy. So that's really key. Think about the things that you want to talk about in media. So whatever your business is, that's your area of expertise. That's the the thing that you, you can talk about. You know, if you're a market trader, you can talk about sales. If you're a cook, you can talk about food. Whatever the subject is, whatever you, your business is about, then you know you should be able to talk about those things. And journalists want to know about what was what's happening in their local area or what's happening in their particular industry. So what we've got is the mini bio, the picture, and then we sort of jump forward to emailing. Is that the next step, just to reach out to journalists and say, hello, I'm Alan? Yeah, so my favourite way of getting press and publicity is actually to look for journalists that are currently writing a story where you might be relevant. And that's actually really easy to do these days because journalists use social media 
to broadcast the fact that they're writing stories. So on Twitter, for instance, there is the hashtag journal request. So you put in hashtag journal request and you'll find a load of people saying, I'm writing an article about this today. Get in touch with me and I might include you. So what we tend to do, we do this for, for Rebel Business School all the time, is that we find that journalist and either we do a DM, we direct message them, or sometimes you know, we go out and find their email address and then we just send over an email to that journalist with Alan's mini bio, with a picture of Alan. And let's say they're talking about, you know, I'm writing a, an article about how to set up a business on a shoestring. Well, that's a, a topic which, you know, you guys talk about a lot and you write about a lot. So then we would just cut and paste some of your content. We'd perhaps edit it around a little bit, make it into nice quotes and we'd send it over to the journalist. So they've got, actually got everything that they need on that one particular email, which then they can literally cut and paste onto their Word document and then edit into their article. And so in some cases, you know, we, we do that, we hear nothing. And then the journalist just publishes a story and there's Alan <laughs> and there's Simon. And we go, hey, Alan, Simon, we've got you some press. And you're like, we didn't even know anything about that. And it's like, yes, yeah, because we just took some content which you've already written. We've got your pictures. We've got your mini bio. And we found this journalist on Twitter using the journal request hashtag. And so we just sent them some content and then we've got you published. Sometimes they come back to us and say, hey, can actually, can I have a chat with them? Or this is really good. Could he answer a few questions for us? In which case we, we go, go and speak to you in that and get them some more content. But very often they just take the stuff that we send over and they publish it. And it's really interesting. So I, as you've been speaking, John, I obviously just went to Twitter and looked up hashtag journal request. And there are all sorts of journalists, like 11 seconds ago, any financial advisors using Canada Life's retirement account product for clients open to chatting to me. Uh, and then there's another one. I'm looking to have a chat with tea lovers uh, to have a chat about whether you're worried about losing your favorite couple with the news of climate change set to devastate plantations in Kenya. Whoa. There's all sorts of different journal requests. There's several about Mental Health Awareness Week, which is happening this week, which if you are a coach, if you are a business that's uh, helping people with their mental health, there are incredible opportunities this week right here. There's so many people I could just message right now, John. I'm looking down the list. By the way, have you clicked the latest tab or are you looking yes. at the top you have clicked that. Okay, that's that's one key bit of advice if you're using JournalQuest. Make sure you click the latest tab. Otherwise, you see the ones which were big yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, they come in sort of waves. So right now, there's a lot of talk about mental health. That's a big topic. We had mental health in lockdown and stuff like that. That was a big topic which came through. There's all sorts of, you know, uh, reopening stories as we were coming out of, uh, of lockdown. So COVID-19 has obviously dominated the news agenda recently but yeah you you see them sort of these trends come through and so often you might even if you miss one there might be another opportunity to get get in there at a later date but there are all sorts of stuff i mean like you know what was that tea lovers and climate change that's uh there's tea lovers there's climate change there's travelers there's one that says is there any such thing as a travel psychologist and if so can someone send one my way please <laughs> this one i think coaches are always looking for opportunities to get their business out there there's one here looking for a career coach or advisor to talk about the work culture in austria um it's very specific to austria but they're actually looking for career coaches to talk about stuff. And if you've got that type of business, this is an incredible opportunity to get out there. So one way is Twitter, hashtag journal request. Is there any other ways to find this stuff? Or is it just Twitter? Is that my sole source of these opportunities? Yeah, there's other ways. I mean, there are some paid services like Response Source in the UK or Harrow, which is more... Uh, us focused that stands for helper reporter out so there are some subscriptions to that there are some different facebook groups around as well where journalists and pr sort of hang out or where sometimes you know you get press opportunities so you know there are different places you can go i think though that it's probably worth doing to try and create a list 
or maybe even a Twitter list, but a list of journalists who, you know, are probably most relevant to you. Um, and there's different ways you can do that. But one one simple way is to type in into Google top Twitter journalists and then maybe one of the word like business. And what that will do is you'll find a bunch of different blog articles where uh, someone has basically put together a list of journalists and then published them on their website. And then you get the names of the journalists, their Twitter handles. And then using that, you can then quite easily, with a couple more Google searches, find their email addresses. And then you can actually put together your own personal list of journalists. It's worth knowing you know, your local radio journalists, if you can find them. It's worth knowing some of your local newspaper journalists. It's worth knowing people who write for some of the industry titles that you're in. And that way you have a decent list of people. You can, of course, I mean, once you have a list of, of journalists, you can, of course, send out your own press releases and stories. And um, if you want to have a go at that, depending on you know if you feel you have a story to write. But yeah, having a, a list of journalists that you can get in touch with is a useful thing. If I was to search on Facebook, John, to try and find any of this, how would I actually do that? What do I search for on Facebook? Because we're getting very practical here to actually yeah. find the opportunity leads, which I love. Sure. So, I mean, you can you can certainly, I mean, I've got a Facebook group called The Chief Storytellers. So that's one yep. place people can go. And, you know, if people have any media questions, um, sometimes we have journalists on there. And that's a good place to where you can interact with journalists. And uh, I mean, that is a, I designed that as a place for small business owners to meet with media professionals. So that's uh, a good place to go. There are some other sites which you can check out. I must admit, I don't use too many of them myself. So should we be asking Corinne this question? Is, is that who I should be asking, John? <laughs> this, is the, this is more her department than mine. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> she's the queen of outreach. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we've definitely got the Twitter general requests. It seems very active. We've got some of the groups. You've given us two paid subscriptions. And you've given us the Google search for the top Twitter journalists. That should give us enough to start finding people that are talking about these subjects and reaching out to them. So we've got the mini bio, the pictures, and then we've got finding the people to speak to. It's fairly easy if they're writing an article because you can just sort of say, here's me, I can help. I can give you some stuff on this. If it's cold outreach, what do I actually say to these people? Like... If I've just found their email, I know they're interested in business. How do I start? How do I do cold outreach? So I think one thing to know is that journalists always say that they're very interested in hearing from the entrepreneurs directly rather than through the PR people. So there's absolutely no, no harm in firing out. That how they respond is really varied. Some journalists are fantastic at replying and some you know, will just basically ignore you. It's very rare, though, for a journalist to be in any way rude to an entrepreneur that is contacting them, unless you're being, I don't know, extremely pushy. But I would just go in and just go for a straight, maybe point out to the journalist that you've read their work. So, for instance, if I was to do a cold email, I would probably start with the word, I notice. I notice that you write about this particular subject and that you often cover businesses of this nature and then tell them a little bit about your business add in a little bit of your mini bio my name is such and such and i run this particular business i'd be very happy to be interviewed by you and so you could just go in like that but what the journalists are really looking for is they're looking for some kind of a, a scoop or some kind of a story they're looking for some kind of insight into what's happening so you, it's important to think about you know what is this journalist actually writing about so if they're, let's say, a local journalist, you know, they're writing about their local area. That's their main topic. If they're writing about a particular industry, then again, it's their, it's their area. And so, you know, you can certainly go in there and say, you know, I, I noticed that you're writing about this. I've read your work. A bit of flattery never goes amiss, by the way, with journalists. <laughs> they always feel they quite like it when people actually read their work. You know, they, they spend a lot of time. And so, you know, a bit of advice in terms of, suggest that you've actually read something. I mean, I get emails all the time for people saying, 
oh, John, would this be a good article for Elite Business Magazine? It's like, I've not written, written for Elite Business Magazine in seven years. You know, what are these people doing? You know, it's like clearly, you know, you haven't done any, even the slightest bit of research. You know, actually make sure that you're, you're sending an email to a journalist who writes at the title still. That would be a good step. But then go in and sort of say, you know, I've read your last couple of articles. I really enjoyed your stuff. And, you know, I'd be very happy to talk about the following subjects. Then that's a perfectly good cold call. I've personally replied to entrepreneurs who've written to me in that way, particularly when they've shown the ability to send over some decent quotes. So what I might do in that instance, I might think, okay, well, let's see if this person's any good. I say, well, look, okay, I'm writing about this article and I send them over a few questions. Now, if they come back with some nice, full answers, three, four, five sentences, say, per question, then they give me some options for quotes. Then they're thinking, well, okay, this person sort of gets media. They understand that I need quotes. The worst ones is you send over some questions to someone and they answer yes or no to that. <laughs> and it's like... I've got nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or they actually answer the question so directly. When, when a journalist sends you a question by email, they're trying to get you to give them something which you can put down as a quote. That's the purpose of them asking you a question or to get some information specifically, you know, like about when was your company founded or something like that. But if it's an open question, they're trying to get you to give them something which they can quote. So the last thing you want to do is, yeah, probably, or no, or it depends, or something like that. Yeah, that's really quite annoying. And so always be thinking what the journalist wants to know here is after they've got your mini bio, after they know who you are and what you do, etc., they're trying to get you to get some quotes out of you to put into their article. That's really, really important. So let's sort of bring this together at the end, John, because I think we covered a huge amount. We've had right at the start the importance of telling your story and your why, and we need to uncover that why and get good at telling the story. One thing I'd love to say to everyone is that the only way to get good at telling your story is to tell your story. Just start and it doesn't really matter how, tell the person you work with, tell your cat, tell your friends, tell it on Facebook, write it on a Facebook post, speak it on a video, like just tell it and you've actually got to start. And the way I started to get good at it is I stare at the other person's face when I'm telling it, John. I look at them and I go, I'm saying these words, what is happening to their face? Are they leaning in? Are they engaged? Or are they going grey in the eyes with boredom whilst I'm telling them their story? And that, for me, was the absolute best way to start understanding whether my stories actually hit the mark. Uh, do you have any ways, any other ways people can start on the story side? Yeah, I mean, I think writing it down and then probably editing it and trying to sort of like cut some of the waffle out of it. Uh, but then, as you say, start trying it out. I mean, saying it out loud verbally, but I, I mean, I tend to write things down and then go back to it and then edit it down a bit and try and get it nice and tight. Um, but then, yeah, you just got to say it out loud a few times. You try it out on a few different people. Some people are really good audiences. Some people are really, you know, responsive. You know, don't try it out on really good poker players, but uh, try it out. They're just quite, quite, there looking at you. just stare yeah. at you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, find yourself someone who's like quite a, a bit more emotional maybe and see how it works with them. And then, yeah, if you get the sense that a story lands, it's a really good thing. I mean, say, I mean, with my How I Got Into Journalism story, I remember saying that to this guy who was an editor of an agency, and he's quite a sort of a brusque northern guy who I think he worked at, used to work at the Sunday Mirror years ago. So he's quite a tough character, you know. And I told him this, and he went, oh, went, oh right. And he sort of nodded like that, and I thought, oh, that was interesting. You know, that, <laughs> that seemed to like land with you of all people. So I sort of went the other way. I, I like tried it on like the hardest possible audience ever. And if it lands with them, I thought, well, this is going to be, my story's obviously working here. So I just told my story again and again and again. So yeah, well, once you find a good story, just keep on telling it. I love that. Then we've got the mini bio, we've got the pictures, and then we've got finding the journalist to reach out to. Those are some very clear steps that we can take right now if we get some PR. Uh, so the final question, John, is 
what do you actually want people to do? Like if I'm if I'm here going, yes, I want to get some PR, I want to build some credibility, like what's the clear step? What's the one thing that you want people to go and do right now? I want people to start thinking about helping journalists to write stories. And rather than trying to think about how, how do I spin my way into this or anything like that, think about helping journalists to write the stories. Probably the best way to do it as well is to go and get yourself interviewed. That's probably my advice. Go and find an interview. I don't care who it's with. I don't care if it's with a radio station where 10 people are listening or nobody ever listens to it or if it's like some really, really teeny tiny local newspaper. Try and get yourself interviewed and just try to help a journalist to do a story. Maybe it's a radio phone in and they're talking about a subject which you've got just a little bit of knowledge on, phone into it, be interviewed on the radio, go through the process and actually have the experience, get some media experience under your belt and keep doing that. You know, it's not going to have a massive impact on your business, but you'll be getting some experience which could be really useful later in life. And you never know where this stuff leads. You never know where it goes. Even the tiniest newspaper, you never know what comes from it. So it's just worth having a go. I think when you're first starting your business, there's probably some higher value activities for you to do, such as getting out and selling, (laughs) sending cold emails, making phone calls, doing that stuff. However, like this is an experience and it can add huge credibility. If you get yourself in a small paper, add as featured into your website and add a little copy of the logo and things. And it does build credibility and it can build your business incredibly well. Mr. John Card of Full Story Media, thank you for coming on the podcast, sharing your ideas, your energy and your inspiration. I really appreciate it. And to anyone else out there that's listening right now, If you want to find out more about John, you can definitely go to the website Full Story Media. And if you want to know more of the tips that John has, he has written a book called How to Make Your Company Famous. And let's be honest, if your company's famous, that's probably useful in winning business. And the whole aim of this stuff is to find you clients, help you grow your business and get out there. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.